No, you do. You do. All right, so this is going to be a little bit different than what we normally do on Wednesdays. So normally on Wednesdays would be our role play session, but because we're all still working on little aspects, I'm working on the story. They're working on um, characters. characters. I'm just going to let them ask me questions about the game, and I'm going to answer them as best I can. They can ask me any question they want. I will answer, but they cannot use any information I gave them in-game as metagaming because I will kill their characters so fast. So, <coughs> Don't know anyone who would do that. So I'm going <laughs> to start with... I'm going to start with... I'm actually going to ask you. Is it all right if I use you guys' actual names instead of your characters' names? I don't care. Sure, why not? All right, all right. So I'm Arkron Belvich. I'm going to ask Noah, who is going to be playing one of my characters. So Noah, what's your question? So my character is a fae and i was wondering why exactly do they reincarnate so fae are believed to be by many including truth himself to be the living will of one of the last inevitables one of the last inevitables was the inevitable of balanced nature so because of that fact they reincarnate because if they were to die and go through the process of forgetfulness that happens when you die and normally reincarnate they wouldn't be able to keep the balance anymore. Fae are so strict with nature that even on their first layer, if you destroy any nature, it's a death penalty. They are so bound to nature that they can communicate with it. It's one of their abilities. It's one of their most natural powers. So they're not allowed to kill anything. The, not true. Um, so on the Fae lens, you can get a hunter's license. If you are not a Fae, you have to have one. Uh. Fae are allowed to kill as long as they follow the strict guidelines. Yeah, yeah, for overpopulation stuff. Exactly. Okay. Overpopulation, um, damaging the crops, stuff like that. Yeah, it's different. So we're going to move on to the next person. Any other questions? Sorry, were you finished with his yeah. question? Okay. <laughs> Go ahead. So how did the Lady of Shades and Truth meet? So... <laughs> I like the fact. So I, we did a recording before this earlier, and it's kind of funny. I was an idiot, and I left my mic off the entire time. I had about ten <laughs> minutes worth of audio, and you couldn't hear pretty much a thing I said. Uh, so we're redoing a little bit of it, and this is the question she asked last time. So I did that. <laughs> Truth and the Lady of Shades, who at the time when they met was the Queen of the Banshee, Met when Truth went to quell Omog. Omog is a small island over on Astrono, which is the overworld. And the small island was overrun with divine beasts, sacred beings, creatures with a high level of divinity. But they were using their divinity to mess with fate, which is a no-no. Um, they were also using their divinity to mess with the mortal world in ways that they should not have. But they weren't truly gods. So... In all technicality, truth wasn't allowed to interfere until a specific thing happened, which just so happened because the Lady of Shades kind of messed with the fate of a mortal in a way that was not supposed to happen. When he went there, truth, well, quelled a lot of the divinity. It took about 600 years, and the last troublemaker would be the Queen of the Banshee. And when he got to her, she begged for his mercy. Well, Truth fell in love with her pretty much at sight. He let her go on the condition that she stay with him for an entire year. And during that year, Truth and her got really close, where Truth and her could discuss things that most mortals couldn't, being as they were both from the beginning of time yeah. and space. Truth and her discussed the fates of mortals, the powers that be, 
even about the progenitor because the ban a lot of the banshees got to meet him before he disappeared as well. And the more that they talked, the longer they were together, the more the Lady of Shades fell in love. Now, banshees can't love. Banshees have no emotional attachment. As a matter of fact, the only time that they only emotion they normally feel is sorrow. Um, but she found the ability to feel other emotions, which made her connection to fate stronger, making her much more powerful and changing her from the queen of the Banshee to the Lady of Shades itself. Good question. And I'm sorry again that I had to restart everybody. Oh, don't worry. You're about to restart another one right here. <laughs> so, um, this will be the third question yeah. that I'm going to be re So if an inevitable and the Lady of Shades had a baby, there got to be theories behind that. There are, actually. So the, Arcane, the University of Arcane Craftworks is one of my favorite creations. Um, University of Arcane Craftworks is the place where magical discussion and theory happens all the time. And the theory behind what would happen if it, the inevitable of truth and the Lady of Shades were to have a child are quite disturbing. Uh, there are about there are roughly three to five theories, but we're going to talk about the three top ones. The first theory is when they have a child, instead of the child being born, it effectively destroys the planet because of two almighty beings. Well, banging. Yeah, <laughs> and the way, that we, way to go. <laughs> and it would be world-shaking. Um, the second theory is that by them having a child, the child would either be a new inevitable, which would be really cool, or the new progenitor. And that's really worrying because with the progenitor, it's something that could quite literally rewrite the layered world. Which most people believe is why Truth said no, is he is fearing that he would replace what is effectively his father with his child. And then the third theory is the creature would be so powerfully tied to fate, being as Truth is the arbiter of fate itself, and the Lady of Shades can control fate of mortal beings by speaking prophecy like all banshees, mm -hmm. but in a higher tone because of who she is and what she is, that the creature would be a creature of fate who could rewrite the fate core itself changing every aspect of it to be either better or for worse and that was worrying so people are one of some of the people want it to happen because they want to see what would happen with it yeah but others are very much afraid of what could come about if they did that would be a little interesting that would it, though it would be interesting but it also brings out the thought process of what would happen though <laughs> and uh, even as the gates and the inevitable truth are one of if not the strongest beings in this world could someone raise too close to that strength the power divinity. ability yeah. well divinity? that's a good question and the answer is yes and no so you could reach a level of divinity that is close to what the lady of shades can do though your ability to arbitrate fate would be nil because the only ones who are allowed to control fate are the banshees truth and some Dulahan, but they have to be very powerful Dulahan. But you can't be in, come as powerful as an inevitable because the inevitables weren't created by mortal beings like gods are. Yeah. Um, okay. E e even the Lady of Shades is as powerful as she is, is not close to the level of an inevitable. An inevitable was created by the creator of the world itself. Inevitabilities existed but the more that we find out they were no longer inevitable, the less inevitables exist. So, for instance, the inevitability of darkness. Before the invention of fire, nobody ventured out at night. Nobody. 
because being away from the group is a guaranteed you get quashed. But once humanity or the well, I can't say humanity because that that was way down the line. Humans are one of the youngest races, by the way. I'd like to point that out. Humans are very young compared to the other races, um, except for Vespid. Vespid are the youngest race. But in the old days, the Fae, when they discovered fire and how to use it to create light, it killed the inevitability of darkness, making the inevitable go to mortal levels. And then because he was no longer as powerful as he needed to be or no longer necessary, he was wiped out. So that's the thing about inevitables is once their inevitability is no longer needed, they cease to exist. Um, But to answer your question, no, you can never reach that level. So you can reach a high level of divinity, but you can never reach the power of an inevitable. So as my second question, you said the fact that uh, the Lady of Shade or the Queen of the Banshees fell in love with truth but yeah how did that come yeah oh, how, how did she how was she able to feel was there's it because a, of truth or believe it or not there's actually another theory at the arcane craft works about that and the theory is that truth's innate ability to manipulate fate because of his feelings kind of spiraled out of control where even though he was able to control fate his power and his emotion overran him and legitimately used his powers against his will to change her fate to something else, which changed her from the Queen of the Banshees the to Lady the Lady of Shades. Shades. Uh, it also allowed her to feel emotions. The Lady of Shades now lives in Omog, running an orphanage in a city called Kaikiri, also known as the City of the Lady. Yeah. Um, Kaikiri is the only unassailable place in all of the overworld. On what? The only unassailable. Oh. You can't attack it. Yeah. Nothing can. Um, she can literally wipe people out of existence. Yeah, that would suck. So, and <laughs> when she wipes you out of existence, she removes your memory. All of it. Your gear, everything that you've ever bought or anything is returned back to where it was. You, it's like you never timeline. were there. Yeah. Yep. Uh-huh. yep. Yep. Don't want to be on her bad side. What about nope. you, Maria? You have any more questions? Yeah, I was just wondering how... <laughs> Take your time. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> if you want, I can come back. It was in my brain. It happens all the time. Trust me. When I'm recording, I have to break it down into segments, otherwise I forget what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> how, like, how Dragonkin become Dragonkin? Uh, actually, that's a good one. So... Does it have to do with something with their mana if it gets so strong or something? Something like that. So dragons aren't a normal race. Dragons, like I stated in the introduction to the races section, that segment I just released, dragons are a magical mutation that happens to any one of the sentient races when they either overload themselves with mana or gain too much magical clout. So in the case of having too much mana, Uh, Most of the time, spells or magical abilities require a set number of mana to activate, or in the case of rune magic, to build to. But as a normal human or one of the any of the other races, you have a mana pool. That's how much mana you can gain back per turn, how much mana you can use per turn. Once that mana reaches, once that mana pool, if you've gathered three times your mana pool and use any more after those three times your mana pool, you have a chance of becoming a dragon. 
And that's not a very large chance. You make a save, and if you fail, you become a Chimera, which completely anotherly destructive form of um, magical mutation where your body is so unstable, it literally breaks down over time. Dragons are believed to be the personification of magic. Uh, the colors of a dragon's skin, hair, and eyes, because they change drastically from whatever race they used to be, are believed to be the personalities of the people who had changed. So say you have red skin, black eyes, dark red or brown hair. You probably were a very dark and malicious person. And yet, when you change, you forget all of that. Yeah, I was about to ask that too. Dragons are one of the few races that once they've magically mutated, you forget who you were. You remember nothing <laughs> except for maybe, at the best, your name. Now that's kind of like the fae but they can remember right yeah. Yeah. yeah fae reincarnate a dragon mutation can cause severe backlash yeah all right who else has a question for me all right so now i'm just going to piggyback off of what you were just talking about talking about the chimeras right. uh now no what exactly the chimeras do like i know they like devour or something similar to that all right so a chimeric creature is very different than a chimeric playable race so Chimeric creatures can be anything that has blended together, and that can happen naturally when you when a creature uses magic and becomes a chimera. But usually when that happens, they blend together. A sentient race becoming a chimera is very different. Um, for instance, they no longer are people. They become a monster type, actually known as a chimeric abomination. So chimeric abominations, we're going to specifically talk chimeric people now, are... Um, Creatures that no longer need to eat, sleep, drink, any form of sustenance, in fact, because their body has acclimated to absorb magic, they lose the ability to cast any of their magic. Whether they were artificer, dream age, doesn't matter what they did, they can't cast it anymore. Their magic is suffused with it. They are magic. But because they don't need to eat, they gain a different ability. They also lose their gifts, but they look exactly the same as they used to be. So they can transform and stuff, basically. Um, kinda. So, a chimeric sentient race looks exactly like whatever race they used to be. Mm. They have none of their powers. So, a Vespid that became a chimeric would lose its armored plate. Yeah. But, in replace of that, they gain an ability called hungry for the Hunger for the Powerful. Oh, I remember you mentioned something like that. Hunger for the powerful makes it so when they run into something stronger than themselves, they start salivating uncontrollably. A chimeric creature has an instinct to hunt and kill whatever they find that is more powerful than themselves so they can eat it. If they succeed in killing it, and only if they're the ones that deal the last blow, which is really strange, are they able to eat that creature. The second they eat that creature, they gain one of its gifts as a power. But in order to accommodate that gift, they mutate. So remember how I said that chimeras are unstable mm -hmm. in nature, how their body literally eventually breaks down? The more a chimera builds its power base by eating more powerful creatures, the more likely it is that its body will literally break down into a almost primordial ooze. It is a very dangerous amalgamation. Um, there have been chimeras who have found a way to stop this process. I'm not going to disclose who they are because they're on the People of Nodes section, so I hope you guys are all following along the podcast as well. Um, of course, of course. But the uh, 
the chimeras that have learned to control that not only insatiable hunger, but it's also transformative properties become very few because that means they have those abilities and have found a way to hide them away. Mm. Uh, Chimera usually, because of how powerful they are, a lot of militaries want them because, oh, we can just throw these at the enemy. No one's going to know what to do with them, which is true. But there's a drawback. Because what happens if someone on your side is more powerful than the Chimera? He doesn't have a choice. His instincts tell him to eat that person. Yeah. Um, Also, using Chimera is a type of biological warfare which was outlawed according to the Cruz Doctrine of of 906, which makes it so if you use biological warfare, every... Uh, layer along with every single one of the countries on those layers will pretty much turn on you in a second. If you claim that you're from that place, you'll be arrested. You'll be treated as a war prisoner. It's not It's not a pretty sight. So most chimeras, if they know what they are, try not to let themselves be known and mm-hmm. just live subtle lives to avoid burning into more powerful creatures and having to feed. And chimeras that don't, who start showing symptoms, are usually put down. Yeah. Like, like, literally, there have been chimeras who have approached a city as this abomination of different monster pieces, and an entire army has been sent to deal with them because it's the only way to make sure that it stays dead. Yeah, fair enough. So, uh, quick question about yeah. chimera again, since we're still on You're it. Fine. Um, what happens because you said they have a chance of becoming like an ooze thing? What happens after that? Uh, so when a chimera's body becomes so unstable that it breaks down to a primordial ooze, believe it or not, it becomes a great component for um, alchemy or artificery, especially for artifacts that conduct magical abilities because you can use the primary ooze like you would use a piece of a monster. So yeah. it lets the magic flow. Are they still easy. sentient at all? No. Uh, once they've broken down the primordial ooze, they literally cease to exist. Okay. Their bodies uh-huh. literally break down and they die. So what would be worse, a Sutvik or a uh, Chimera? Well, we haven't talked about Sutvik yet. I'll get to that. Sutvik are a type of Chimeric creature, but they don't fall under the Chimeric Abomination. Okay. So because you brought up Sutvik, I'm going to talk about them for a little bit, if that's okay with you all. That's fine by me. So Sutvik is created through a very, very specific ritual. In order to create a Sutvik, you as a magic caster have to practice artificery, and specifically focused on dead body making. So most people avoid necromancy. It's not like it's an abomination or anything. Most people understand that, hey, the bodies are going to rot there either way. But necromancy has a displeasurable view because you are forcing somebody's body to do something against their will. Mm-hmm. In, order to, in order to build up to the point of being able to create the ritual to become a Sufic, you would have you would have to masterly craft a body to perfectly house your soul, etching every inch of its skin, flesh, and bone with runes specifically meant to house magical energy. A Sufic is a magic creature. What's the lifespan on them? They're immortal, Oof. and they're very powerful. Um, they no longer have a mana pool; they can just instantly cast rune magic. Like, it's nothing. Um, they can cast up to a 20 rune sigil without a problem. 
No, no, no time. Just boom, it happens. Uh, they have the ability to fly, the ability to fade into mist, almost like a vampire. But there is a difference. So vampires do exist. They are late. They'll be released later in a different supplement because they're a playable type of race. And they're not really vampires or something different. I'll explain that when I get to that. I'm not going to spoil anything more than that. They will eventually exist. Yeah. But um, a Sutvik must devour. So Sutvik don't just eat your body when they kill you. They eat your soul. Uh, if it's a fate, it literally ceases them from being able to reincarnate. It is one of the most horrendous deaths because your body and soul are literally trapped in Sutvik forever. Um, Supic are, like I said, chimeric creatures because you're fusing an undead body mm -hmm. with a spirit creature because your soul becomes a spirit when it's released. But in order to finish the performance of the ritual, it requires a sacrifice of a true innocent, which is usually anything below the age of two, where you gut them and pour the blood over the runes. It, act, it makes it so the body becomes able to accommodate you and Supic are very, very hard to kill. Um, yeah, I was about to ask because yeah, so if they're immortal, they, they can be killed. They can be destroyed because they technically count as an object. Yeah. Um, but destroying them takes a lot because there are natural abilities and their incredible powers. Uh, most people count them as a revert. Be able, would someone be able to revert, revert a back. dragon back into what they were before? Uh, there have been attempts. But the problem is like I said, dragons are the personification of what magic is. Um, and all of the attempts so far require a magical ability, require some form of magic. And doing so is what we found to be impossible so far. It has done some serious damage to the person they were trying to revert. In one case, it drove a dragon so insane that he literally started calling himself a god and had to get put down because he was trying to accumulate enough magic to destroy an entire city. But to answer your question, there has never been a successful attempt, but that doesn't mean it's not possible. But now, the real you... question is, why would you want to? The dragons don't remember their past. Why yeah. would they ever want to go back? Would they be able to, if they... Alright, so there's got to be theories behind it then, too. There is. Um, Sorry, so no. one of the magical theories... Huh? Uh, so one of the magical theories associated with how to revert a dragon is if we remove all magic from it, it'll stop being a dragon. That was proven to be incredibly stupid and dangerous because a dragon is, is magic. magic. Yeah, I would just say because um, it could just kill it. The scales on a dragon are made from condensed mana. If you pluck all the skills, there's a 90% chance they die. So using the scales of a dragon for a dragon is a very sacred thing. It, it's literally using their life force to heal someone else's life force. So removing all of the magic, they're like, if we remove it all, they'll revert back. What actually happened is, by removing all of the magic from the dragon, an implosion happened. So the body literally crumpled into a ball, and all magic within the area flooded toward the ball, and caused the people who were doing this experiment to die. Uh, one of the other theories was, oh, well, it's a magical mutation. If you just have to force the same mutation, you should, might be able to reverse back. Dragons are immune to the mutation. They can't become, they can't change again. 
when a dragon does what a normal race does to become a dragon, they take damage. Their body literally can literally starts erupting with magical sores and can pop burst and cause damage. Um, in some cases, it's fatal. A dragon who does what a person does to become a dragon loses hit points equal to 10 per point of mana over what they can necessarily hold. It literally could destroy them. It won't stop their souls from resurrecting. And if, they're, if their soul was originally a fae, they will go back to the fae cycle. Because dragons are never born, never reborn. Dragons can't breed. They can't produce offspring. But it can cause serious detrimental effects. Like insanity for a fae who used to be a dragon because he has these split memories and he doesn't know why. Uh, so to answer your question, yes, there has been attempts. No one wants to do it again. As a matter of fact, it's been outlawed in the University of Arcane Craftworks to attempt. Well, I mean, going back to the question you asked before I was interrupted by someone, <laughs> you asked, why would you want to? I mean, just being me, I would you know, want them because they had a life before they were married. But what if they don't remember? That is also true. I'm just, you know, yeah, I I'm a good guy. I, I, have I get to. where you're coming from. <laughs> if, I, I can understand because some dragons, when they realize what they are, they want to know what they used to be. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, they don't know anything about their past. Has there been like attempts of them trying to figure out their past? There has been several dragons who have successfully figured out who they used to be, actually. Uh, one of the earliest known dragons was known as the King of Dragons. He used to rule over down in this uh, first layer of the Feylands, he ruled over the mountainous region. Well, he started a war because he found out he used to rule the entirety of the overworld. And he wanted to try to do that again. And once he did that, that's when the very first seasonless Fae ever came about, and that's where the Queen of Fae came in and wrecked his shit. Uh, so yes, there has been people who, of dragons who have remembered who they are. Sometimes it's a good thing, sometimes it's a horrible thing. But it depends on how their mentality is now. So imagine you're the nicest dragon on the planet and you find out that you used to be someone who used to enslave people. Yeah. How would you feel about that? Now now you have these dueling mentalities where you're like, well, I know who I used to be. Do I want to go back to that? I was a monster. Or if, say, you're evil and you find out they used to be like this, um, uh, let's see how to put it, this I messiah of good. And... As this messiah of good, you were going around healing people, and you're disgusted by how you acted. What's that going to make you do if you're already evil? You're probably going to change to try to be worse, try to counteract that, right? Yeah. So a lot of dragons take to the philosophy of, I am what I am now. They're very contemplative, very much, I am what I am. I don't need to be anything else. I don't want to remember who I They're was. They're contempt. Yeah. Okay. So follow up. I know most... Uh, dragons don't want to find out what they used to be. Could someone like un quote unquote unlock those memories in that and in, in a dragon without like sending them back to like teaching them who they were before? Like you mean like just completely unlock it? Like how you said they forgot it or they forget who they used to be? Could someone like? Remember bring, without... bring back the memories from like that deep... Sadly, no. Uh, that's a good question. The reason that I say no is becoming a dragon is a traumatic experience. Mm -hmm. So imagine, and it's something you were conscious for the entire time. So imagine 
being conscious as your body breaks down, the amount of pain you had to go through. That is where the like thought process of why they don't remember anything is because when their body breaks down into nothingness and then has to reform as a dragon, it's excruciating and their soul and their memories are still intact. So they're still feeling what is going on. And then boom, all of a sudden you have to go through this horrendous excruciating experience where it's like your brain gets shredded. So okay. the thought process isn't, can we? It's should, should we? Because we don't know what happens when a dragon is in its uh, effective mana cocoon. We don't know if the body is in excruciating pain or if it's in a gentle repose while it's rebuilding itself. Like a caterpillar. But what we do know is the metamorphosis does release a massive amount of 